The stars at night are big and bright. Deep in the heart of hockey. Hi, I'm Carolyn. And I'm Marin. And this is Deep in the Heart of Hockey, a podcast about the Dallas Stars, fancy stats, and prospect shenanigans? Yes. (laughs) Today, anyway. Today, anyway. We have with us the absolutely wonderful Hannah Stewart, who you hopefully are following on Twitter already, but... We asked her to come join us on this podcast because the NHL draft just happens, and that happens to be her big area of expertise. It's my favorite thing. Yes. This is her second time on our podcast. Yay! Yes. She was on. Was the last one also a draft episode? It, is, it was indeed a draft episode. It was pre draft. So you were telling us who oh, okay. we should take, and then the stars did not do that. Did not do that. <laughs> but that was. Was this was this a year ago or two years ago? Because if it was two years ago, that's the year they got Haskin in, so it was fine. It was oh, okay. last year. It was okay. last year. <laughs> I mean, last year was good, so it's fine. It was okay, I guess. I, I mean, there's a lot of people who are a lot higher on him now than when he was drafted, so that's good. Yeah. Time. I wouldn't have taken Delandria there, but I love him, so it's fine. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. So we brought Hannah on because um, we know nothing about prospects and you would have just had another episode of us being like it's the off season we don't know anything <laughs> let's talk <laughs> let's talk about whatever the bullshit we talked about last year last weekend <laughs> the same thing what forever. are you watching Marin? no uh <laughs> do you know how much critical role there is in this world to watch there's so much critical role oh, hannah you God. don't watch any D podcasts do you i do not <laughs> All right. You are missing out. There we go. One topic we can't go for this week. Okay, well, we do have a bunch of stuff to talk about. So, as we kind of alluded to, uh, the Stars made a first-round pick this year that wasn't off the board? No, it was not. Thomas Harley was a good pick there. I mean, like, I personally would have taken someone else, but that's because my tastes are different clearly than the Dallas scouting department but I really like Harley like he's a good player and um technically he was born in the U.S. he plays for Team Canada at internationally but it's fine he was born in New York so we can still claim him <laughs> I don't know if it I works saw like that, that he was a, an American born Canadian player is how they describe yes. him on Wikipedia <laughs> uh let me guess He's a defenseman, right? Am I right? Right? I, he's a defenseman. Yes. Yeah. Let me guess. He's big, and he skates okay. Yes. <laughs> um, he's big and he skates fairly well. I would maybe want like a little bit better, like balance, like center of gravity mm-hmm. type stuff. But like he's 183 pounds, and so he's kind of a giraffe right now. He'll add some. Wait, I was about to say, do we fun. think that center of balancing will get better once that poor boy is done filling out? Yeah, I don't know. His balance is fine. It's just like, you know how if they add lower body strength, they're like harder to knock off yeah. the puck or like oh, knock yeah. off what they're mm-hmm. doing, you know? So like his balance is good, but like he could get better. He's got really good acceleration is the thing. So that's like a, a good thing for a defenseman. That's starting the transition and stuff. I mean, Excellent. that does sound very starsy. Like, that's a starsy pick. That's. It, yeah. It's. No. Like, I was not surprised when they chose Harley. No, loves it. 
a tall defenseman. Which is so surprising, given the best defensemen both... I mean, it's not like Klingberg or Haskinen aren't tall, but they're both pretty willowy. <laughs> <laughs> not my Swedish prince! <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess. Sure, sure. I mean, I guess my question then is for Marin, since you know the Stars probably... I mean, the Stars aren't Hannah's first team. Did... The Stars scouting staff, by staying on the board, do we think they have been body snatched? By because they by, just, they stayed they they picked a, a normal pick. Oh, um, instead I of mean, like going to Russia or either. Oh, because they drafted from the North American. <laughs> yeah. No, because they picked somebody like consensus. This was a good pick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. one of those two things like it's it's one or the other do we think thomas harley was a pick by the social media coordinator (laughs) i'm gonna go a little devil's advocate here at 18 in this year's draft it's it was pretty easy not to screw up because from about probably about pick six or seven to about pick 32 unless you go way off the board it it wasn't easy to screw up this year <laughs> because I mean, that group was kind of a mishmash. I feel like Jim Nil heard what you said and just was like, I love a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm saying. He, yeah. Yeah. So I guess then to more specifically to the draft, uh, who do you think had the best draft overall? Um, for me, it's a tie between Colorado and Carolina. Um, Colorado just crushed the first round getting Byram and Newhook both. That's a duo that's going to play big roles for them, you know, probably a couple years from now. Um, so fairly soon compared to a lot of teams. Um, Carolina made 12 picks. Uh, including 11 yesterday, which, yeah, they went in, I think, with either 10 or 11 picks, came out of it with 12, and there were maybe two guys that I didn't know a lot about, but they, their third round haul, I was laughing when they got, um, who was their first? Hang on. Because I was laughing when they managed to get Anthony Honka, period. Um, just because where they picked him at 83 was just absurd. And they had already gotten in that round, um, Patrick Puistola, I think. I don't know. I can't pronounce, pronounce Finnish names very well, but he's a winger. He's, he was very good. So I was like, okay, if this is the only third round pick they make, that'll be great. And then they got Anthony Honka. And then they had another third round pick and they chose my favorite, um, defenseman from the u.s national development team dominic Vensori, and so getting those three players in you know just in the third round alone was a fantastic job by carolina but just their their overall haul was fantastic so and then you know colorado got good ones outside of the first round too but like especially that first uh first round so okay did Anthony Honka drop to 83? Like, was he, would you have expected him? Mm-hmm. To... He, 
He's a first round talent. Do you think it has anything to do with his brother? Is my question. And how I honestly his don't know. Yeah, I, I honestly don't know. I mean, maybe, but probably not. I think it's just um, he dropped over the course of the season because people were looking more at kind of, I don't know. I feel like people get more critical as the season goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he dropped down the list um more than maybe he should have. He played on a few different teams this year um, in a couple different leagues over in Finland. And so that probably contributed to it. Um, and then he didn't produce at World Juniors, like, offensively. And so that probably soured some people. But he's got a lot of raw skill. He went lower than I would have expected. I would say that he is... N- Maybe not quite a like major steal at eighty three, but is a very valuable pick at eighty three. Yeah, I have a a friend who's um, a Finnish scout, um, Mika, and I forget his last name off the top of my head. But um, I ended up just chatting with him a couple years ago when I was getting drunk in Prague, and uh, <laughs> he was like you do, <laughs> like one does. Uh, get drunk in Prague and talk hockey. And he was talking about, I was, he was, I was like, oh yeah, we've got like Honka on the team. Cause I think at the time he was really our only Finn. And he was like, yeah, but it's the brother. That's the, the, the little brother. That's the, the talented one. <laughs> it's like, okay. So I was wondering if the stars would even look for him, but I think with the issues they currently are having with Julius, it's not a, not going to be a thing. Mary, do you want to ask this next question? I would love to ask this next question. Uh, Okay. Sorry, I had to open the thing back up, and then I had to remember how to read words. Um, It's hard. It is sometimes. Do you think that there were any, like, super wacky picks or any sneaky smart ones? Uh, Like, did anybody super surprise you with the one they took? Let me think on that for just one second. I mean, Detroit really surprised me in the first round taking Moritz Sider. Um, but he was also surprised to be selected at sixth overall, so I didn't feel <laughs> bad. I, I I had him going somewhere around where Harley went or slightly lower. Um, but you know he's the guy they wanted. They probably tried to trade down and couldn't get you know a deal that they liked, and so they just decided to go with their guy. And I respect that. It's not the choice I would have made, but there's something to be said for sticking to your gut like that. Um. Let's see. One thing that really surprised me and simultaneously did not surprise me was Cole Caulfield dropping to 15th. He's He was top five talent in this year's draft. Like, just if we're being super honest, people, if he had been six feet tall, he would have gone within the top five. Okay, so you think his size is the... Oh, absolutely. He's five foot seven. Okay, yeah, no, that is a now is he is that is that with or without skates? (laughs) Okay, so my coworker at the rink knows a lot of the U.S. and Canadian guys from this year has played with or against them, and he says Cole is five seven. That's legit. (laughs) He's a little taller in skates. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I guess. But I'll he also said Dom Finsori is not 5'7. He's probably a little closer to 5'8, according to my coworker. So 
I don't know. That was like a strange case of someone being listed as shorter than they. But he also didn't go to the combine. So. Yeah, they, they probably don't have necessarily. They probably measured him and then he grew. <laughs> Eight, 18 year old boys are like that. Like weeds. Mm, I was a little surprised that Ryan Johnson snuck into the first round, but I did note in my guys to take in rounds two and three piece that he was one I could see sneaking into the first round. I just didn't think anyone would actually do it. But Buffalo did, and I think that's going to be a good pick for them on defense. Who did Cole Caulfield end up going to? Montreal. Huh. I'm not happy about (laughs) it, but if he's happy, it's fine. Huh. I don't know what to think about Montreal as a team these days. Like, it feels like... All I know is Bergevin is swollen that scary. (laughs) Which I imagine is the intended effect. He might do better in, like, the GM Battle Royale than he did when I actually hosted that at Rithawk a couple years ago. I don't remember ever hearing about a GM GM Battle Royale, so how did that... It was at... It was at... um, R.I.T. Uh, no, 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 I, I know, I know. I, oh. meant I never heard you talking about it, so tell me what that was all about. Uh, we were getting drunk in Rochester, as one does. <laughs> as one does. What else is there to do in Rochester? After a hockey conference. Um, and I don't know, I had a, had a paper, and we were talking about GMs, and somebody was like, you can't name all 30 GMs of the team, because obviously we didn't have Vegas at the time. And I was like, of course I can name all 30 GMs, which I then did and wrote them all down. And then I was like, now that I've gotten all these written down, we should do a, a single elimination tournament of who would win in a fight. And it wasn't done by division or anything like that. It was just done in the order of which I had written them down. Jim Neal went out in the first round. He's too nice. Um, he is too nice. And our finalists ended up being, at, because he was GMing at the time, Ron Hexall and Steve Eiserman. And I voted Eiserman, but Hexall won. <laughs> I like this. I like that, too. I feel like I this like is how too. trades should be done these days. Like, whichever GM wins in the fight gets to pick the trade they want. Arm wrestling? Yes. That's probably safer. I feel like we should just... I, go big. just, like, okay. full on, like, put them on skates on the ice and let them fight like they're in a game. I was thinking cage matches. Yeah, but, you know, I'm definitely I'm, more like, let's bring out the octagon. Yeah, that's where I am. <laughs> that's where I am. An octagon. Or. Absolutely. No holds barred. Do whatever you want. Randy Carlot. No. Who am I thinking of? <laughs> He's a coach. Who am I thinking of? I don't know. Who are you thinking, I'm thinking of? I have no idea. I'm thinking of somebody who's very red-faced and also very stout. Who would have a heart attack if he got in there. Boudreaux? Maybe. He's... He's a coach, but that's the only one I can think of when it comes to red face. He is very I'm red thinking, face. Yeah, then I'm thinking of Bruce Boudreaux, and I'm thinking of a coach, not a GM. My bad. Never mind. Thought. What about sumo? The sumo suits. I mean, if you want to go safe, sure. It would be safer. They are, in general, older, except for, like, Chaika and Dubois. I mean, if they're willing to put uh, their players' lives in their hands and, like, future safety in their hands, (laughs) I just feel like it's only fair if we ask them to do cage matches. That's all I'm saying. That's true. Do it for equality. Do it for equality. (laughs) Uh, Okay, I finally, I do have one, like, serious question. (laughs) It's a very long question, too. I know. Well, because I didn't know how to phrase it right. Like, it wouldn't be long if I wasn't, if I was feeling better. (laughs) Uh, Fair enough. 
but I does feel like looking at the just like the total overall prospect pool, it feels like more and more we're seeing prospects get drafted from either like the U.S. development team or like ones who are heading to college instead of going the CHL route. Do you think mm-hmm. that's because those leagues are getting stronger or like is the CHL weakening as a league or is it both or what? I think it's because the USHL and college hockey um, are getting stronger as development leagues. Um, I think the ADM has a lot to do with that. I'm actually working on, I'm starting to dive into reporting on a piece about that because this year is the 10th anniversary of the ADM being instituted. And I don't think it's a coincidence. The American development model. Um, It's basically a, a development model that USA Hockey put into place to kind of um, more effectively and efficiently develop players while maintaining their love for the game um, and not sucking, you know, the love out of it. Um, it's like age-appropriate development. You know, it's, you know, a lot of training on smaller ice for the younger kids, you know, the half-ice games and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, I don't think it's a coincidence that 10 years later, 17 NTDP players were drafted, which is one num- one less than the number of players from the entire QMJHL. That's pretty good. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's a little absurd. Um, and just, and you know, that's, that's just the NTDP. That's not counting all of the other USHL guys, all of the other guys from American high school leagues, you know, prep, prep leagues, there were some NAHL guys drafted. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that especially the USHL is getting stronger as a development league. I've seen some prospect models and draft models out there in the analytics world that I personally feel underrates the USHL because of historical data. Um, it underrates the product coming out of the league right now. I think it does a real disservice to the guys coming out of those leagues now. Um, and I think that this draft class especially is going to maybe, um, prove that these leagues are getting stronger. That's very cool. Feels like an America fuck yeah moment. It does. Right? It's, it's cool. (laughs) Well, drafting wasn't the only thing that happened yesterday. And I feel kind of bad because one of our questions, uh, I guess assumed we would be recording on Friday and not on set, not on Mm -hmm. Sunday, but... Apologies, Jen. I love you and thank you for asking. Um, but her question was, scroll, scroll, scroll. Will any exciting trades happen during the draft? And uh, I think we can definitively answer that at this point. <laughs> yeah, that was a big old no. Um, and I think that a big part of that was the league not announcing the salary cap until after the draft was over. I mean, on the one hand, GMs need to be on top of their shit no matter what. But on the other hand, that hamstrings you. But then on day two, once we did have the, I think that came out Saturday morning, right before the draft, because it was happening in Vancouver. So it started later on the East Coast. No, the salary cap wasn't officially announced until like the sixth or seventh round at the earliest. Oh, wow. Okay. It may have been after the draft ended. But we still got... P.K. Subban getting traded to the Devils. We sure did. I'm so... I'm so confused by this choice. I'm really happy about it. 
<laughs> the devils did work yesterday. Okay, what I'm confused by, and maybe it's just me not knowing what the fuck is going on in Nashville, I'm confused now that P.K. Subban, who I have always been led to believe and have looked and have thought that he was a very good player, and yet he keeps getting traded all these different places and being let go. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't understand why these teams are giving him up is really where I am. I don't. Because I don't feel like Nashville got what he was worth in return. No, David Poyle got fleeced yesterday. But I think the thing with PK is he, because he's good, he is a tradable player. And you add that to the fact that he is a very strong personality. And these hockey men don't necessarily like that. I also Mm. think you have to factor Um, in the fact that he makes $9 AAV. That's the big reason he got traded. (laughs) Oh, I mean, my assumption the second I saw rumors swirling about PK being traded was that Nashville's making a play for Matt Duchesne because his salary, clearing his salary, clears about enough to throw, you know, 10 mil a year at Duchesne. Yeah, I mean, that was eventually my thought process, but... They also mentioned that um, Roman Yossi is coming up on needing an extension, too. Mm -hmm. So I thought the P.K. Subban, from a Preds perspective, was solely a let's clear this cap. And that's also, I think, why they got nothing in return. Yeah, I I think that that has a lot to do with it. I think that Boyle probably could have pressed to get better prospects, but at the same time, if you're trying to clear that money, I mean, you're a little bit hamstrung. Yeah. Because I think it came out that they were, like, willing to retain on him, too, and I'm guessing no one bit, like... Well, and, you know, I saw that Poyle said, like, it it was a difficult decision to make, but I think it's one of those things, kind of like when the the, um, Penguins traded Olimata, it's, like, he he ultimately had a very tradable contract. Mm -hmm. He's a fairly good young defenseman who was under five mil a year and so you you can definitely trade him so much easier than you can trade a guy like jack johnson whereas with pk you've got that high skill level to balance that high salary Mm -hmm. and so guys are more willing to take him on but they're also not going to give you a whole lot since they're taking on that salary makes sense makes sense i guess i'm just confused there was i mean I'm a little excited for the Devils now. Mm-hmm. Like, not only they got... I mean, they've got Taylor Hall and P.K. Subban. Very exciting. I mean, they brought on Jack Hughes, who trains with Hall in the summer. They traded for Subban, and obviously everyone loves him. And so um, I saw a tweet yesterday that said something about Taylor Hall was very excited to hear about the Subban trade or something. So that makes Shiro's job resigning him so much easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it goes from how do we convince you to stay to, hey, look at your teammates. You want to stay, right? Yeah. Plus, that also they also did some minor stuff, too. They swapped Joel Quenville for, not Joel Quenville, John Quenville. I was about to say, <laughs> is he playing again? <laughs> John Quenville. That would sure be something. <laughs> for, um... Would watch that old man and that mustache skate get- around. <laughs> I was about to say, please give me a Coach Q and PK defense pairing oh my god <laughs> yes or a buddy cop comedy that i mean at so this bad. point i would take either one 
The buddy cop comedy would be amazeballs. Oh, it would be so good. Can have both, right? They can totally have both. They could play a uh, beer league for their local fire, uh, local station. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, I love this. I like it. I'm glad I like we it have a lot. that sorted. There was also another fairly oddball trade yesterday. Um, JT Miller, who you may remember played on the Lightning. You probably didn't remember because he's not a name that comes off often. Uh, I did remember because I love JT Miller. Oh, I didn't know you loved JT Miller. I he's have, a lovely young I man. have very small feelings. Well, when I say I love JT Miller, I have small feelings about JT Miller because my friend Monica has small feelings about JT Miller. Oh, right. Rangers fans. Rangers fans. Uh, all, any any opinion I have about somebody who ever played on the East Coast is because they are somehow peripherally involved in the Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how that happens. Fair enough. <laughs> he went to the Canucks for a first. Interesting. A first and some pocket change. That's a, that's a price tag. I mean, there's probably... I don't know enough about JT Miller's game to really like bag on that specific thing. And so one of the things Alan, who runs um, uh, the lightning uh, rod charge on SB nation, he was like, that's probably a good price for him for his output. If you're talking like a late first. Yeah. But the Canucks lottery protected the first, it's a conditional first. So they lottery protected it for the 2020 year, but they didn't lottery protect it for 2021. And there's an assumption there that they will be a playoff team and a good playoff team in 2021. (laughs) Okay, can I just interject? Um, We're not going to have a lockout this fall, but that 2021 season is the one we're most likely to have a lockout. And I am very interested to see how that affects things. Oh my god. Because if we're locked out a whole season, I don't know what happens, but if we're locked out half a season, anything could happen, up to and including Vancouver just, like, bombing it, or somehow managing to go on a run. So this is going to be fun. Somehow managing to fall into the sea. (laughs) Hey, climate change could be coming on faster than you thought. It's true. One thing you do need to know about JT Miller is that he, I don't I don't know if this is when he was playing in the AHL or like from before he was ever signed anywhere. He did this series of videos on YouTube called the JT Miller Time videos. Oh, he sure did. And if you ever ever just want to be delighted by a person, you should go and find those JT Miller Time videos because he was hilarious. I agree completely. See, I know JT Miller. <laughs> I, I have the weirdest deep dives of knowledge about the most random fucking players so there you go hey and it came in handy today <laughs> it, he's another ntdp boy so oh, oh really yay go usa he was on that 2013 world juniors winning team nice uh, well, so the other thing, and, you know, hate to bring down the mood a little bit, that happened this past uh, week. <laughs> I'm already preemptively mad. Let's go. <laughs> Is the NHL Awards. Fuck it! Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Um, oh, I didn't watch because I hate hockey. 
anymore. <laughs> I was finishing my mock draft, and thing. also I forgot that they happened. So here's the thing. I was watching the Houston Outlaws win a third game in a row. I did not actually watch the awards either. What I did was I volunteered to write two Shell articles um, for the outcome of the awards for Ben Bishop. So, like, maybe an hour and a half before the, the whole thing started, I sat down and I wrote a happy article for If He Won, which, by mm-hmm. the way, would have been the star's first, first Vezina win ever. Uh, we have now tied for closest again <laughs> because Marty Turco finished second in voting in like the 2002 2003 season I think and um uh then I also wrote a shell article for like if he lost and I got so angry <laughs> writing just the shell article for something that hadn't actually happened yet that when it actually did happen I got even more livid (laughs) if like the top came off of my head i was so angry like i was so angry it was the most unjustified win for vasilevsky yeah i think that i have ever paid attention to there are a lot of people who didn't want vasilevsky to win i mean i think the thing about the vezina that everybody always has to keep in mind is that it's the gms who vote for it like it's not even the pwha and we know how suspect their votes are but a lot of times they get it right like this season apparently was one of the most like closely aligned uh voting on everything um like from selkie like there weren't a lot of outliers like there were just fewer fewer and fewer yeah i noticed that looking at the ballots yeah so with gms voting for something like think about how good they are at the rest of their job (laughs) yeah (laughs) And I mean, it's not one of those things, Carolyn, like, that where I was surprised. No. It was more that I was just so angry that I already knew what the outcome was going to be and that they didn't surprise me with the good way. You know what I mean? And, like, the, the fact that I was so angry about it on Twitter and then I kept having people either say to me or say around me, what were you expecting? Like, I don't care what I was expecting. What I want is fucking justice. <laughs> I don't know how better to explain this to you. I knew what I was going to get, but I'm still mad. We need like, Quenville and Subban on this case. <laughs> <laughs> They're on the job. <laughs> oh, man. I'm never going to not be mad about that. I think. Uh, wow. So I looked it up because we were talking about games played. And you were like, well, Vasilevsky only played six more games than Bishop Seven did. more games. Seven more games. You're right. Uh, Vasilevsky's 53 games is the lowest w- number of games for a Vezina winner since I think I didn't count all of them, but definitely since 2009-10. Like, mo- the lowest number before that was 56 and nearly everybody was in the 60s. So, like, the fact that he even won had so much to do with the win column for the Tampa Bay yeah. Lightning. There was, no, yeah. there was no way anybody else could win when he had just that win column there. Well, mm-hmm. and, but that, that, I mean, that was, 
like largely my whole point when I was talking about how angry I was in general. Yeah. Is that he had he had 39 wins, which yes, I understand that's a large number of wins, but he had that many wins on a team with a plus 98 goal differential in general. I mean, I'm not like, arguing with you. It's stupid. Yeah, no, I know you. I know you. I know that you are not and I know that you agree with me. I'm just the passion in my voice is again how angry I am about this whole thing. Not at anybody in particular in this podcast. <laughs> I'm just, I'm still angry at the universe and the 30 GMs that did not vote for him. (laughs) Well, speaking of the universe and Hannah, don't be surprised. We're about to to, uh, sing. No, she's about to sing. (laughs) Twinkle, twinkle, little stars. How I wonder what you charts. So we have a new segment on the show, Hannah, called Stars Charts. Where we pick three uh, stars players, and today I figured we could pick stars prospects and read their weekly horoscopes to figure out how good of a week they're going to have. Oh, I like this. (laughs) So Um, today's weekly horoscopes are coming from horoscopefriends.co.uk. So this will be fun and hopefully have some charmingly English phrases. The first one we're going to do is Thomas Harley in honor of the fact that he's our newest star. Um, And he is a Leo. Leo. Where are you at, Leo? And he was born in 2001. And guess where I was in 2001? I was in high school. (laughs) I was in college. (laughs) It was the start of my junior year. Dear Leo, this week you can plan trips contacts, social gatherings, and anything else that brings you close to people in different situations, either in your personal life or on a professional level. You are also able to exert strong influence on the right people so that you can promote your plans with their help. Some people who have been undermining you for a long time and have been secretly acting against you are likely to be exposed, revealing information that can create obstacles. Holy Not everything shit. that they tell you is necessarily true, but they will sound realistic and convincing to many people around you. Be ca- very careful about the way you communicate, since it will determine many things. Make sure you are honest and only engage in situations that concern you directly. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I don't. I don't even know. So he needs to be careful at development camp this <laughs> week. Yes, you got to run with the right crowd, Thomas. Okay, so I didn't even know that the stars really only had a couple of picks this round. This this uh, mm-hmm. in this year, they traded a lot of their picks away. They did on a yeah. No, I know. Uh, so oh yeah, no, I mean like we didn't pick again till pick one eleven. Yeah, they got four guys total, and one of them looks like a twelve year old. Oh yes, yes. Uh, okay, May nineteenth. What 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 sign is that? Um, I don't know, because this is in the fucking English way, where they put the month behind the day, because, you know, okay, the first thing five. for is... <laughs> uh, this uh, is he's a for Taurus. Samuel... He's a Taurus. Samuel Siulin... Siulin? I don't know. Spell it? it at S-J Umlaut O L-U-N-D. Hyland. Okay, sure. Uh, <laughs> he is... He's Swedish, and he was their 111th pick. He's a Taurus. All right. Dear Taurus, this week you will go against the flow. 
You will go through a phase of denial and doubt about the things that are going on around you or said by people from your circle. You will have contradictory thoughts and an internal search. Don't worry, as this is the natural flow of things. You mature, <laughs> things change. So resistance and defense is natural from your part until you manage to reach acceptance. Take advantage of the weekend to redefine the constants of your life and review the facts once again. Change whatever bothers you and keep the things that satisfy you. Excellent. And with their 142nd pick, the Dallas Stars selected Nicholas Porco. (laughs) (laughs) Who has an excellent name. Uh, And he is a Pisces. Where are you at? There you are, Pisces. Dear Pisces, this week does not seem to be the best for you. You will have- oh, no. <laughs> you will have Somebody's to- not even going to make it out of camp. <laughs> uh, you will have to be honest with yourself and think realistically in order to make decisions that will determine your future. Oh, no. <laughs> this should not discourage you, though. You will be able to think clearly and weight things correctly. Don't waste time. Do whatever you have to before the end of this week. In any case, take your needs into account, as well as the sacrifices you have made in order to achieve your goals so far. A person you trust remains by your side discreetly, supporting your decisions. If you need help, don't hesitate to ask them for them. Oh, wow. Okay, so I guess if we only have four, the last one is Benjamin Brinkman at 173, and he is a Libra. Hey! That was a night nice, like no Gemini's. Wow, the stars no, even dropped no any. I know, right? No Gemini's. Ninety <laughs> percent of the players on the stars are Gemini's, apparently. Yeah. Dear Libra, this will not be the first time you will have to face difficulties and opponents. Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Brexit has gone too it's far. Very well tailored for camp this week. <laughs> it really, really is. This week favors you by exposing those who have been two-faced for a long time. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, Ben, dump the people who only called you because you got drafted. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you may have understood something, but now assumptions become certainty, and this gives you an advantage in your moves. Do not hesitate to be dogmatic in the way you handle these situations. Besides, offense is the best defense. <laughs> claim what belongs to you and clarify your position now is a time to give a message to those around you anyone who tries to mess with you will receive the equivalent response i love the offense is the best defense because he's an offensive puck moving defenseman (laughs) excellent excellent that's what i like to hear this is my favorite segment Oh, man. It's right up there with Marin Reacts. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Appreciate it. Uh, well, we have come, happy things? come to the part of our show where we talk about something that makes us happy or has made us happy this past week because the world is shit. <laughs> and we try to keep the happy things close to our chest. <laughs> Fair. Uh, Marin, do you have a happy thing this week? Uh, okay, so my ha- happy thing is very recent. It is as recent as yesterday. Um, my friend and I got um, 
season passes to the Majestic down in San Antonio because we really wanted to see Hamilton, mm-hmm. which we have already done. And our last play on that season pass was yesterday. And the play was, uh, and the play goes wrong, which is not one I have ever heard of before. So I left Austin with what I thought was plenty of time to get down there. And it was not plenty of time to get down there. And by the time we got down to the Majestic, we were 10 minutes late and then we couldn't find parking. So the short story is I did not go see the play goes wrong. (laughs) The play went wrong, as it were. The play went wrong. And the wrong thing was we didn't even make it. So what we did instead was we uh, went and got um, margaritas and nachos, and we went to this little hole in the wall place down uh, downtown in San Antonio called Mexican Manhattan. And it's been open there for so long that Monica's parents went there on their first date fifty years ago. Oh um, wow! Yeah, so like that's how long it's been there, and the wait staff have all been there almost that long, and it's great. And they individually top all of their nachos. So, like, it is, you get maximum amount of topping in, the, in every bite of nacho. It's perfect. Um, so, we did that. And then we went and got ice cream at Lick. And then we went to Target. And then we went to Torrid. And we, like, just had, we just had a really, really, really chill, delightful day. And she is somebody that I love hanging out with. Probably one of the, my favorite, like, just super chill hangouts. So, yeah, it was fun. I had a good time. So yesterday was my happy thing. Uh, my happy thing is yesterday as well. Um, it's been a rough week for me. I'm having a lot of health issues. So, um, But yesterday we started our brand new campaign with my usual D&D group. So Yay! I'm getting to play a um, my lawful good necromancer, who is a really sweet lovely little naive girl who just oh, wants to... Oh, that's the one I helped you do! Yeah, she just wants to bake. She just wants to bake. But she's slowly turning into a demon. And Weird that you would write a character that just wants to bake. You know, this is actually the first character concept I ever came up with when I started getting into D&D again. And so I was like, you know, I'm going to start with a thing I know that I can build from and roleplay from. <laughs> and Good call. So, yeah. But I'm really excited. She's very cute and naive, and I think that should make for good situations. Because, like, the the DM was like, all right, I need you guys to make a perception check. And I was like, no. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't. <laughs> she doesn't look around. <laughs> That's, That's not really not her. <laughs> she is as a person. <laughs> nope, she's just striding along determinedly. <laughs> Excellent. Hannah, do you have a happy thing this week? Um... I am driving home tomorrow, so I get to see my dog, and I get to lay out by my parents' pool, and I get to see my best friend. So that's all very good. Nice. I get to see my Meemaw, too. Yay! So that's good. Family's a great happy thing. Meemaw's yeah. are great. <laughs> She's the best. Well, we do have some fun, fun reader questions. Captain Celery asks, do I have a single reason to be hopeful for the 2019-2020 season? Because to be honest, I'm struggling. Uh, Captain Celery is a Stars fan. Uh, we still have what should have been Vezina winning goaltending. Mm-hmm. Um, Miro Haskinen should have been a yes. finalist in the Calder voting, in my opinion. Um, I think in a lot of people's opinion. Yeah, a lot of he's very a good. lot of stars fan were like he should have won. I'm like, oh, Peterson was very good last year. <laughs> like, there's no like Peterson won, and that's correct. Um, I'll fight you. I I don't know. I I have no issues with Peterson winning the Calder. 
Uh, this is not an Aaron Eckblad, John Klingberg situation. Or a Gabriel and Scott Ryan <laughs> situation. I'm gonna die mad about that. Um, I think also Rupe Hintz and Jason Dickinson, who are also very young, um, were great in the playoffs and really seemed to find their stride. Um, so I know that, like, yeah, it kind of sucks that Zuccarello is not gonna be on the Stars next year. Also, apparently, Jim Nill only offered him five million. Wait, what did we say we he should get? Six to six point five ish. Yeah. Oh. That's weird, right? Like, that feels very low. But yeah, no, I mean, I think, I mean, Tyler Sagan was great last year. Like, I think they all found their footing at the end of the season. I think the playoffs were really good for us. And Ben Bishop is great. And he didn't break himself. So that's also good. Our prayers worked. Yeah, I think despite ending, like, obviously with a playoff loss, I feel like they ended both that and the regular season on a note that makes next year look hopeful mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like that's the sense i got watching yeah and if we get less roman Pollock, please <laughs> listen hannah we know <laughs> oh i know i'm just i'm just making sure you know i'm on your side here i appreciate you <laughs> when a lot even not when even the non-stars fans are like less roman Pollock. <laughs> yeah yeah uh, Marin, you want to read the next one? I would love to read the next one. <laughs> that would make me so happy. Alex, too cool for Cali LA, asks, where do the stars oh, rank God, it converting? Andrew. It's Andrew. I don't know why I wrote it. I don't know why. you And I just read it like that was a thing. Andrew, <laughs> too cool for Cali LA, asks, where do the stars rank it converting draft picks to players since the new ownership arrived? Does this mean we should be fans of other teams? Do we have a ranking for this? I don't think anybody has a ranking for this. Yeah, I don't think we anybody's done anything on that. I will say, like, if your ownership... It depends on, like, how hands-on or hands-off your ownership is. Like, you've got ownership who just lets... You know, like, Mario Lemieux, he just kind of lets Rutherford do what he pleases. Whereas you've got um, Tom Dundon, who is sitting there at the table looking over Don Waddell's shoulder at the draft... So, you know, you've got this whole spectrum of, of owners and how involved they are, and that has an effect on, like, whether it affects. I don't mm-hmm. feel, I don't feel like Gallardi's too involved. Um, Gallardi's big choice was, number, last year we couldn't trade the first overall pick, or the third pick. Like, we had to draft in the first round, yeah. which wasn't well, a big... I mean- because we hosted. And it made sense. Yeah, we hosted. So that, I, like, I get it. And he also is the one. And this is, again, not, like, public. Like, not like, no one has ever come out and said this publicly. But the reason that Ken Hitchcock coached for a year is because Tom Gillardy wanted Ken Hitchcock to coach for a year. So, like, those are the two big things he's made. As far as, like, since new ownership, that's also new ownership arrived. And then they hired Jim Nill. Like, basically, like, a month or two months later. So since new ownership is equals since Jim Nill, I think, yes, we have a, I wouldn't say, I would say we have a fairly poor track record compared to a lot of teams, which is not great. But I think also the track record is getting better because I think Gurionov will be an NHL player. I think so. And John Klingberg was. John Klingberg was a Jim Nill pick. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
And I think also, but you see, now we're seeing like hints really starting to pan out. Dickinson was a nil pick. Um, 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 I feel like there's a third guy I'm missing. I don't know. Guriana was a nil pick. So we are starting to uh, see some of those. And then also the things that Jim Nil has done better than a lot of people is um, pick up uh, college UFAs as well. So like, if I remember correctly, Gavin Bayreuther, who is probably going to be a defenseman for us at some point, was a college pickup, um, not drafted. So I think there's definite, it feels like it's getting better, especially with the consensus that the draft was pretty okay, especially with our pick of Thomas Harley. I definitely almost said Thomas Hardy, and that is not correct. (laughs) Unfortunately, he does not play for your hockey team. Unfortunately. Oh, man. Tom Hardy in a dramatic goon style movie. Just picture it. I would watch that. Just picture it. More just like, let's, more movies with Tom Hardy bleeding on things. Okay, so FYI, there was one year, I've I've been Googling this and I'm sorry for not paying attention for the past minute. Tom Gillardi's first year, Joe Neuendijk was still the GM. Okay. So then the next year it was Jim Nell. The next year. Basically. It was, it was, um, oh no, two seasons. So 11, 12, uh, Gillardi bought the team in, in 2011, 11, 12 and 12, 13. They had Joe Newendike. They fired him after the final regular season game and hired Jim Nill mm-hmm. in 2013. So, so pretty much almost years. all of new stars. Yeah. Yeah. Since yeah. the new logo. So yeah, no, that, that was, that was around. Yeah. They introduced the new logo, basically, right at that time. Uh, well, we were just picturing Tom Hardy in a hockey movie, so that's what you missed. Oh, that's a good image. <laughs> Is it like bane size Tom Hardy, or? I'm feeling more inception size Tom Hardy. That's still a good size. That's a good size. It'd be funny. I remember the first time I saw him in between films in a... In a interview and I was like who is this skinny run <laughs> did you ever see the movie warrior because he was also a really good size in that but not Bane size I did see warrior god I love that film so much that was that's kind of the face I'm picturing yeah yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> you gotta love a man that loves dogs that much too mm-hmm. it's true all right uh Jen, friend of the podcast, Jen asks, uh, which first round pick is most likely to show any personality at the draft? Number two, will any exciting trades happen during the draft? Obviously. And number three, more of a comment than a question, teams with team pets should bring them to the draft. (laughs) I fully agree with number three. Um, Number one uh, I was proven correct on my assumption that that would be Jack Hughes. <laughs> um, because here's the thing. The Hughes brothers have clearly had media training. This was the first thing that I noticed when I talked to Quinn at the Combine last year. But they somehow managed to come across media trained and still have personality. And the thing about Jack is that he looks like he belongs on the cover of Tiger Beat magazine. Yes. <laughs> and the thing is, you can tell he knows it. <laughs> that is a boy who knows he is really damn cute. He's very aware. Now I need to look up Jack across. Hughes. <laughs> so, 
I love him. <laughs> He's delightful. Now we have Jack Hughes and P.K. Subban on the same team. Oh, right? no. Will the hockey world implode from having too much personality? Will it create like a black hole where all other personalities become subsumed by New Jersey? <laughs> he is cute, but he also, like, I, I guess I'm just, I mean, I could be his mother. So, like, <laughs> it's one of those things where I'm like, he's cute, but in like a, you still have a lot of cooking time left. You're like a very moist yeast roll right now. <laughs> Oh, he's absolutely, he's a baby, but he looks like he should be, like, the front man of a boy band on the cover of, like, Popstar Magazine or something. I mean, your Tiger Beat reference was spot on, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. For sure. He's got the swoopy hair, right? Yeah. Yeah, it definitely swoops. Is Tiger Beat even still around? I don't know, but if it's not, don't tell me. (gasps) Well, it's got a website still. Gonna about to Google Allow me my delusions. I'm going to Photoshop him onto the cover of Tiger Beat. Do Tiger it. Beat is an American Internet Teen Fan Magazine, so apparently it's not in, printed anymore, but you can still this, find it. it oh my internet. God. Sold at stores until December of 2018. It was so... Uh, it lasted for a real long time. R.I.P. Tiger Beat. First issue date, 1965. Yeah. Damn. That's an American institution. Wow. Wow. Quiz. Plan your perfect Valentine's Day. I'm going to get Jack Hughes to take one of these quizzes. Do it. Yes. Marin, you're at. I think you have to ask next. I have to ask next? I mean, I can ask. I'm allowed to ask. No, I'm just kidding. It's fine. (laughs) Uh, Oh, how do we say this? Ola Sai? Ola C? I don't know. Ola. Ola. Ola Sai asks. What are the really useful, but maybe not as popular, stats used to evaluate prospects' potential in the NHL? Hmm. (laughs) I like looking at, and I need to preface this with the fact that most prospect stats are estimations, um, just because things are not accurate, we don't get time on ice, etc. I like to look at primary points and especially primary points per 60 because it's useful to see who is driving play themselves and who is benefiting off of their teammates um but context is deeply important like john beecher this year played just under 11 minutes a game that's not because he's bad that's because two of the centers in front of him were jack hughes and trevor zegris Mm -hmm. so like a guy who's a bottom six center on a chl team um, should be evaluated in a different context than a guy who's a bottom six center on the NTDP where all of the literal absolute best American prospects are centralized. So context is really important. Yeah, so you wouldn't compare like a bottom six. You can't compare bottom six across the across all prospects is what you're saying. No, absolutely not. Uh, do you have a particular model that you look at or that you like? Or is I know you do a lot of video. But is there any models yeah. that you look at, too, when you're doing your mock drafts? Nope. I I do video, my own impressions, um, and then I look at my notes and I see what other prospect people that I respect are saying so that I can kind of cross-check myself. You know, am I seeing something they're not and why? Are they seeing something I'm not and why? You know, am I wrong? Do I think my gut is right? 
and they're wrong, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I use prospectstats.com a lot um, just because I think, is it Hayden that runs it? Is his name? Um, correct me if I'm wrong. I, you would know better than me. Yeah. <laughs> Same yes, Z's. Hayden um, is the name of the guy that runs Prospect Stats. I just think he does a, a fairly good job um, estimating time on ice, which helps with, you know, the the per 60 stats. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I mean, it's obviously you've got to take things with a grain of salt and with context. But I mean, honestly, I mostly just use viewings and looking at, you know, primary point production within the context the player's playing in. I honestly, I don't, I don't consult draft stat models because I don't trust them because there's so much difference between leagues. Mm Mm-hmm. And you know me. You know I love analytics. Yeah, no, no, and no. I try to incorporate it into my writing whenever I can. But f- I don't think they're useful for draft models. I think it's really Makes interesting. Sense. There's a, It seems like there's a lot of different ways to do it. And uh, I think it's also interesting. Like, we're seeing Shana actually put out a really excellent um, chart recently of, like, all of the... Um, publicly known analysts in the NHL per team. And Mm -hmm. it's interesting to see there's a divide between, there's a clear divide between teams that have somebody who uh, is very specifically known and trained and basically, uh, as the basketball world calls them, a quant. And people who have, teams that have like, people who have inherited the role or have like given themselves the role, like the Dallas stars, um, the Dallas stars, I think, I think he's manager of analytics or something like analytics associate or whatever. And amateur scout is, uh, Jim lights son. Uh huh. So that's a thing. Whereas you've got other teams. Like I know for a fact, like Colorado obviously has um, Arc Parnas works for them directly. And like, I know, you know, Carolina has Tulski, who they think, who like their rumors are like, Tulski could be the next GM. Like that's how much they like analytics there. And like, it's such a big difference in the way the staff is treated and the way the, the that is treated. And every single hockey conference you go to, it's like the next big thing that people are working or not even the next big thing, but the big thing people need to be working on is, as prospects and getting and tweaking and figuring out those and those NHLEs basically so that you can get better drafting. Cause that's the only thing. Mm-hmm. Cause everybody has models about like how good a player is in the NHL. Cause we have so much data about the NHL. So I don't know. I think there's a lot of, while analytics are, I think, necessary in pretty much every point of evaluation, it's so, it's hard when the data isn't good. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's kind of... Yeah, that's my major problem with um, with things that try to calculate NHLE and with things that try to, you know, with people creating draft models is because the information that you're working with is not only not necessarily accurate but doesn't take a lot of like a lot of information and like context into account because i'm not sure that you can do that like i don't know if there is a way to account for the fact that the ushl has gotten a lot better than historical data shows over the past few years yeah yeah. you know like i don't (laughs) 
I don't know if you can. Well, I mean, the only thing you could do would be to weight current years or like more recent years heavier, right? Yeah. But that's all dependent on your model and how you build your model. Because the other thing that people tend to forget with any model, whether that's a war model or whether it's a, uh, a prospect model or something like that, is that while there are ways to determine which evaluate, which metrics test better against certain goals, the person picking those metrics and the person picking those goals is a person. And so there's still a degree of subjectivity there. And so I just want everybody to have more and more accurate information to work with is my main point. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's what I want for everyone. I just want everyone to have more information to use. And then there'll be teams like the stars who will still not use it. So weird (laughs) Uh, Jason of Dammit Jason fame asks it's impossible to determine who picked the best players performance wise until we have years of data at our fingertips so which team won the draft by drafting the best named players oh (laughs) that's a hard question let's go back to Wikipedia And the list of the people drafted. I mean, Capo Caco is pretty amazing. I still like Carolina because they've got um, Dominic Fensori and they've got Carol Sleppitz and then they've got Ryan Suzuki and then they've got someone named Kevin Wall, which is a great name. Uh, oh, Suzuki is a pretty funny name. Yeah, Suzuki's good. Where's the one? Kevin Wall would be a better name if he was a goalie, but he's not. He's a forward. Yeah. I know. But then they drafted someone named Massimo Rizzo. I mean, like, come on. That's amazing. There's an Alex Vlasic. Is that any relation to the Vlasic that's already in this? It is. He's Mark Edward Vlasic's cousin, but he's American. He's an NTDP kid. I see this. Amazing. Uh, Tobias Bjornfot. Yes, that's a good name, That's too. a good one. Uh, who was it? Where you, I think you said, talked about him earlier. Bowen Byram. That's a good name. Yes, that's that's one of the best dub names I've heard in a long time. <laughs> uh, there's somebody on here named Fairbrother, which I just... Gianni think... Fairbrother. He's also a dub kid. <laughs> that's adorable, is all I'm saying. I hope we have a Jaden. Oh, the Hurricanes also got Jameson Reese. Ooh. Is Rhett, is Rhett Pitlick related to Pitlick? He's Rim's brother, and if I'm not mistaken, they're Tyler's cousins, okay. I think. Let me double check on that. Hockey is just the um, most incestuous sport. It really is. Yeah, they're Tyler's cousins, okay. Rim and Red are. Uh, there's Colton with an E in here, who went to the Blues. I mean, Bobby Brink is a great name, even when you don't take into account that his middle name is Orr. Oh my, his name is <laughs> Bobby oh Orr Brink? Bobby Orr Brink? It sure is. Oh I had to look it up about six times God. before I believed it, but it's true. All right, that's, that's it. That's the winner. That's the winner. Okay, but I'm not saying that this is in contention, in contention but there is also a child in this draft named Roddy Ross. <laughs> what? <laughs> that's amazing. R-O-D-D-Y. Roddy Ross. Wow. I forgot about that. Wow. Anyway, I feel like I feel like Bobby or Brink probably wins, but the Carolina Hurricanes win overall. Bobby Bobby or Brink caught the snitch, but the Carolina Hurricanes won. <laughs> that's this, that seems legit. That's that's an acceptable outcome. <laughs> and that's all we have for you today. <laughs> 
As usual, you can find us all on social media. I'm uh, at Classlicity. I am at Marinish. And Hannah, where can we find you? I am hockey with Hannah, but there's no I in with because this was back when Twitter had character limits. (laughs) Not going to lie. I always read your name as a hockey what the hell, Hannah. (laughs) I mean, it's a useful double meaning. (laughs) And you can find our official Twitter at DeepHeartHockey. And if you have a longer question, comment, or... Uh, excellent name to submit yourself you can email us at deephearthockey at gmail.com you can also find our blog at deepheartthockey.wordpress.com bye bye thanks for coming Hannah <laughs> yes. thank, you. thank you the stars at night are big and bright deep in the heart of hockey